0: <laughs> it's really cold for being June second here yes. in Minnesota. It's got to be—I don't know. It's probably not that cold,
1: but we're just getting well. And, 10, and the reason we're degrees. cold
0: and the reason we sound different is we are back on location at Cars and Coffee, yes. Minnesota, the actually the nation's largest monthly regular car show. That's right. And um, we have hopefully some cool cars that we're going to interview the owners of and get some stories. we've got one lined up if I can talk him into
1: it he's kind of shy, so we'll see if he'll uh, see if he'll come on the podcast we'll see how it goes I'm looking and, forward uh, to it so uh we've got a couple cool cars here next to me is a uh eighty 80, 1980 911 SC with the Pasha interior, which is the checkerboard interior. We'll get some pictures of these cars up in Well, on the and social what I like about stuff.
0: the Pasha interior, it's not checkerboard. It's like checkerboard with like a weird perspective. So yeah, it's, it's like an optical trippy.
1: illusion where you feel like you're going to fall through the seat when you get in it. Kind of like that. And then we've got an, uh, a, a 320i behind us. Well, yep. it used to be a 320i, I think. I don't, I don't know, might BMW. It's not anymore. It's, well, I'm hopefully, hopefully we can get him to talk to us. We got and a really course, cool uh, 55 Chevy Pro Street tubbed out. Sounds like a and of course we have the, the the Tesla that we had last time we were here is literally pulled in, parked, and started doing the thing where it opens the door and flaps the doors like, like he, a, he couldn't get out of the car fast enough so he to could hit do it. the whatever you call it like demo button. The demo button. Yeah, so it's it it, again, it's Christmas music. Yup. It's not Christmas, but it is if like... That's like the Christmas song that you see yeah. where everybody programs their Christmas lights to that song. <laughs> if you look online, you look up like Christmas lights song, they have this little thing where they program all the Christmas lights at their house to dance
0: around to this song. Well, here's the thing Chris, even if it was your favorite song, it's still really annoying. Yeah, absolutely it is. So, so what, what do you notice different about my car? Your car has uh, the exact same wheels, but a little bit wider. They're not even close to the exact same wheels.
1: <laughs> they are. Uh, as Lewis, the guy that does this cars coffee company, walks by and smiles. He hates my wheels <laughs> because they're the basically they're the baseline wheels. The cookie cutters are. Right. So, so these is that the, what
0: came on that car from the factory?
1: No. This car was a uh, was an S trim car, so it probably would have had Fuchs on it. Really? Okay. Um. So it's basically it's an S car without the horsepower. Right. So it would have had like a two four two two or whatever. Okay. And uh, so now it's got the cookie
0: cutters on it. It's working out pretty pretty well i think it looks great excellent yeah no I, I i like a lot better you had them uh fully refinished and cleaned up as well so i like that
1: i did not have them fully refinished they were just sandblasted and i painted them my painted them myself okay so it's uh sorry we're i'm being distracted we got another guy that's going well, to be coming to that. lots
0: of activity here why don't we should we take a quick break here and no nah, let's just keep okay, going. okay keep going yeah so uh the wheels also, I hear that you have some suspension issues going
1: on. I do. I have. Uh, so I got bought some control arm bushings just because I. I'm just assuming I need them. The car's got a million miles on it. Right. So I got under the car and I started like poking the bearings or the bushings. Right. So the little rubber bushing yeah, between just, the suspension components. Yeah. Well, this is the control arm bushings. Okay. So and I started picking at it with my fingernail and it literally crumbles apart as I touch That's them.
0: Probably not a good not a good, good thing. sign. So
1: I gotta. I found out I gotta do the. The bushings, But the problem is, is that on the bottom of the strut on these cars, it's a special tool that's got its slot, like a slotted. It's like a keyed tool that's like okay. probably a, it's like a circle, and it's like an inch in diameter, okay. or an inch and a half in diameter. It's got little pegs that stick out.
0: Like a, oh, sure.
1: Almost like a castled socket. Exactly, yep. And uh, it's like $100. <laughs> Just for the tool, you <laughs> Just mean. for the tool. So I haven't bought that yet, so I definitely have to buy that tool so I can do them. And, uh, yeah, so that's...
0: Doesn't one of our great sponsors have a tool they can loan you?
1: Um, I'm sure they do, but I don't like borrowing tools. <laughs> I don't like borrowing tools. I don't like lending tools. I still have tools that are missing. So, yeah, I know that yeah, feeling. Uh, I don't even know where my engine hoist is. My engine hoist is gone out there in the ether somewhere. Oh, somebody really? Like a, yeah. Like a cherry picker The cherry picker engine. engine hoist is gone. And so is my engine stand. My engine stand is also gone.
0: Well, call out to any <laughs> Call out to listeners. anybody that, that <laughs> took my, to, to my engine stand. So. Okay. Um, what else do you have going on? I know you have a rant to get to
1: I, well. A little bit. A little bit. So uh, out by me, we have a four-lane freeway, yep. and there's stoplights on it.
0: Yeah, so it's a divided highway with, uh, with crossroads that have stoplights.
1: Right. So you basically you stop, and then you go into the middle of the intersection, and then you turn. Right. So there's like sure. a there's like a just the median. Right. Oh, so I know what you
0: mean. Yep. So if you're on a cross street coming across the four lane divided highway, you have to go across one lane or one section of traffic, stop at the middle and median. Basically, it sounds like you actually
1: know how to do it. So what you want to do is you want to be able to go <laughs> straight and then turn behind the oncoming traffic that's coming towards you to turn because right. you want to be able to look. Oh, I know what you're saying. So, you, so you go across, you stop and you want to be on. To, you want to be able to see oncoming
0: traffic so you want right. to be able to look out your window and right. see
1: the oncoming traffic i don't know what it is with people but they keep cutting in front of me yep and turning uh they left in front of to me the
0: left and then you have to go to the left of them as if we're driving in so Japan, you can't see so UJ. they
1: come and you're looking over and you see their car so you can't see oncoming traffic anymore yeah so you go across you can't see it so you're kind of like it's kind of risky every time that you right. do it yeah why they would try to cut the corner but I, it's I don't understand. every single time and I can't understand, (laughs) and I wave at them, and I beep at them, and they always flip me off like I'm doing something wrong. And it's just word out there, guys, keep the oncoming traffic on your right, keep the car that you're turning with on the left. That's the way to
0: do it. It's not done any other way. Unless you live in Japan, UK, or any other country that drives on the left side of the road, in which case do it the exact opposite, and then you're doing it correctly. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so that's you know, that's I, all I got for. I do have a for quick that. shift. I want to get to um, like a historical quick shift story. At some point later this summer, about the day that Sweden changed the road direction.
1: Oh, that's got to be pretty good.
0: It was. It's an interesting story that I'll I'll read about. I love to hear that. I, I just
1: imagine waking up one day and not
0: getting the memo. <laughs> yeah, can <laughs> like, you imagine? Oh, by the way, we're we're gonna go ahead and change all the streets. It's amazing. Yeah, how much money they spent on you know just like the campaign basically. For some reason, that reminds me of the.
1: The time i went to the nurburgring and uh we stayed at a hotel really really close to the nurburgring and i remember going down for breakfast and walking out the door and seeing like this old mark ii jetta okay. smashed okay like just smashed and slightly uh down the road was a smashed 911 gt3 rs and this oh, wow. is when a gt3 rs was relatively new yep and it was just like this guy had woken up in the morning with his GT3 RS. He was from England. Uh-oh. And he was driving on the wrong side of the road. Oh, no. He got creamed by this old lady in a Mark II like, GL wow. uh, Volkswagen. Because so he was on the wrong side the whole side of, the road. side of this GT3 RS. It was white with blue lettering down the side that said GT3 RS. Wow. And I remember they were new. And yeah. the guy was like, please don't take any pictures of this. Oh. And I'm right. like, oh, don't worry, I won't. And I was like, click, 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 click. <laughs> you know, it was, it was pretty good. Um, I was like, pretty good. Pretty awful. But pretty funny. I mean, the guy was devastated. No, I bet. And then, of course, he either had to have the car shipped home or he had to drive it home with, you know, the whole side of the car,
0: like, covered in brown stuff. Was it drivable?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just like the door. I mean, it was pushed into the cage. Oh, wow. Like the door and everything else was pushed. You could see, like, there was a cage, like, right there.
0: So that's why you don't do that, Chris.
1: Yeah, you don't drive on the wrong side. I was
0: like, um, taking a moment and giving listeners kind of a a, a visual. Uh, context of what kind of cars we have out here we just saw a really clean uh, 1967 corvette drive by you may it hear some not of these cars the split window though that's the rare one i think that's 66
1: i like the split window
0: best well yeah so do so does the market <laughs> according to prices <laughs> yeah, from what i, like I know those. of those it's got
1: to be a hard top split window yep. i don't like the convertibles i think they're hideous yeah i agree i, I think the T tops, and that's a Honda Grom that I think we can hear because yeah. I can hear it in my headset. Okay. We, what we should do is we should have somebody pull up and rev their car. Okay. We could have listeners guess what car, and then it is we'll and tell it.
0: them. And then we'll we won't tell them. We'll, well after the fact, otherwise the they fact. will never know if they're correct. <laughs> be like that was you know a Mustang. <laughs> yep, I'm right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you didn't really give me a chance. so I thought maybe we could give away something if they if someone guessed right. Oh, like
0: okay, so yeah. it'd be after the fact, an yeah. interactive segment of yeah, we'll Okay, we'll goes. have to do that. So, uh, okay, uh, what's been going on with me? Not a whole lot. I'm waiting for my wheels for the RS4, RS4 still. Yeah. And apparently there was an issue. So I actually um, I ordered them through a retailer here, this local, good guy. And he then got them through Tire Rack because he's a, um, a wholesaler for them. Yeah, right. But apparently Tire Rack is so... Um, they're very strict about making sure that the wheels you're ordering for your car fit. That's why you never, you never enter what car you drive on Tire Rack. And he Ever. asked me, so I, I maybe it could have been avoided if I had just been like, "Don't worry." I'm about I'm sure the it. wholesaler process is different. Than I'm sure it is, but he the asked sto- The right storefront. Regardless, so I'm, I'm getting like I'm squeezing a bigger tire under the car than is factory, right? right. And so they need a slight—they need a twelve millimeter uh, w- spacer for it to clear the, the control arm or the, or the strut. Right. And they supposedly wouldn't ship the tires because I wasn't buying the spacer from them. Okay. So they wouldn't basically acknowledge and guarantee the fitment. But they didn't ever tell that to the retailer that I went through. Three, let's just that's the, three, yeah, three eleven RF. Yeah, they're great dudes. Yeah. So uh, basically, this has been the holdup, and he didn't know this. I was like, "Did you know that this was the issue?" He's like, "No." So finally, got a tracking number this week. They should be here soon. But it's just the whole process was very <laughs> frustrating. And sure, sure. I just, well, I mean, I, ju- I remember like buying tires from them.
1: Yep. I remember entering the like I had a it was my rabbit, and I and I ordered like one ninety five forty five fifteen. Right. And they would not ship me this. They're like, these, car, these tires will not fit. They're not load rated for what you're doing. Blah, so blah, you've blah, also blah, blah. ran into this. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. They won't, they won't ship tires it's if they're not made to fit. So you just don't. You, you shop by size. Yeah. And then just order the tires you want. That way, they're relinquishing liability. And right. there's like, if you read... There's like, a, if we cannot guarantee this shit will fit, you might die. Right. You know, if you Well, order I'm sure these. they
0: say that regardless of whether you enter it or not. But. Right. So that's been my uh, week, I guess, other than, uh, you know, regular things going on. So we got an email from Ireland that I kind of want to read Absolutely. and talk about a little I'm bit. I'm excited. Uh, you know, as uh, I think most people would know, we are a U.S.-based podcast. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so I really like hearing from our international listeners. Right. So it's from uh, Connor
1: McCann. It's at Connor McCann and uh, on Instagram. Where do you think he's from? <laughs> Connor McCann. Yeah, obviously he's, he's Irish. Irish. Yeah, <laughs> um, It says, uh, I hear you encourage listeners to ring in, but being from Ireland, I reckon it's easier to just email and cut out the large phone bell and dodgy accent. What's kind of funny <laughs> is I I play, uh, well, I don't play as much anymore, but I used to play Xbox a lot. Okay. And a lot of the guys I play with were Irish and Scottish. And uh, Scottish is hey guys
0: (laughs) we got people stopping by the booth and waving that was a nice uh, Mercedes-AMG
1: E60 Scottish accents are pretty tough like pikey like more so than than have you ever seen the movie um, uh, what is it with Brad Pitt where he's got like the super dodgy accent oh yes
0: that wasn't Snatch Snatch Snatch. Yeah. yeah
1: Snatch i played xbox with guys that sound just like him <laughs> so i can understand a pikey accent so i bet i could understand this this guy anyway says i'm 29 and have been a vw guy for like 10 years now um six N polos a mark one resto mark twos mostly mark threes and now ideally a four motion v6 bora which is a jetta mark here in 4 america jetta, yep. and i think a six n polo is a mark like a mark three polo
0: yeah six n is the chassis
1: so um, he says he's always followed the us scene closely with certain cars grabbing my attention Jess's green rabbit was always a favorite of mine. And when I went slightly overboard on my Mark III GTI, I modeled the style very much to it only on a Mark III uh, chassis. Manila green, tan interior, gold BBS splits. I did a lot of other things, too, like air ride, a VR swap with a shade bay. But the overall theme was there. And I, I will post some pictures of his car, because I think it looks I think it looks awesome, and I, and especially in manila green. Yeah, we, which,
0: I have it pulled up here as well. And uh, he has kind of the before and after transformation picture Yeah, as yeah.
1: Well. I'm wondering what cars, if any, did you uh, guys look up to or particularly admire? Perhaps link pics to them if possible. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Love Connor McCann.
0: Excellent. He didn't actually say love Connor. But <laughs> oh, you added that. Um, okay. So I, I did. We, one are the go, cars? Chris. Wow, that's a Lamborghini Murcielago. That's a Murcielago, a loud one with, with wheels. loud wheels. Very loud wheels. The wheels are louder than the car. They're like the a convertible teal. top. Doesn't look right. No, it doesn't. It has a soft, weird top. That anyway, um, so
1: I did look up to a specific car. Okay, when I was building Mark Ones back in the day, and it was there. A lot of if you're a Volkswagen guy, that's into old school stuff, you'll recognize it's Big Ron. Big Ron. Big Ron. He was an from the UK. Yep. And he had it was like a it was a gray Mark One with a VR6 swap, and I don't remember. I think it was a 12 valve, but he had uh, individual throttle bodies on it, and everything was like super dialed in with chrome. Yeah. And it was like really, really clean. He had 16 inch BBS RS's on it. And it was absolutely perfect. And it, he was, it was uh, with the VR6 swap as clean as it was at the time, it was kind of revolutionary. And everybody knew a Big Ron's Mark One yeah. just because it was so clean. And I kind of aspired to. What color was it? It was like a Silverstone. Okay. Like a Silverstone GTI or whatever. It was like, it was really pretty, pretty clean. Okay. Um, and you might see in the third photo that I posted there, it's no longer around. Um,
0: if you can see what happened to it, you're going to be Hold sad. On. Uh-oh, I see a fire. Yeah, so the
1: car got hit <laughs> and uh it burned to the ground. Yeah,
0: I do know this one. This is the yeah, one I was picturing. which is definitely heard that. Yeah, I
1: definitely heard that one. Uh so that would be a that's what a Lamborghini sounds like everybody if you have never heard one before, <laughs> you can come to Cars Coffee and they will rev them for you. Um yeah, so that's pretty sad. What about you? Is there
0: anything that you kind of saw as you were... Yeah, I'm trying to think. So I had a Mark IV R32, and there was a guy also over in the UK, and I, I'm trying to remember, like, his forum handle or anything else, but it was on it was the car on Volkswagen Vortex, the big forum that everyone knew for Mark IVs, because it had... It was a VR6 with the twin turbo, and I think he ended up doing a diesel swap at one point as well. It was sure. just a really cool, clean car. Um, Again, not much context to go by, so I don't think people are very interested. But, yeah, it is interesting how you kind of will always look up to something, and it's... Even uh, though the car is gone, I I still think about it every once in a while. Like, oh, Big Ron's car was so clean. Yeah. And it's
1: stuff like that that kind of inspires you to take things to the next level, because you want to be able to, I can do that. I can aspire to that. Absolutely. And and in in the enthusiast industry, I think that's really, really important to have, is to have somebody to look up to. You know, and I look up to my friends, like the couple of cars that are parked with us here today. Right. Um... Chad from SCI specifically has, has really taught me a lot of patience, and uh, that's that was you know that's been something that's inspiring for me. Right, so.
0: I will say um, you know w- we have a lot of like stanced cars out here. We also have stanced dogs. We just saw yeah, corgi a corgi,
1: corgi riding around. By. A little doge, a little doge, a little doggo. So as I call them dirgs, dirgs. Yeah, I don't know why I call my dog is Dylan the dirg. <laughs> A derg <laughs> instead of a <the> dog. <laughs> yep. So we'll be back. We're gonna go
0: find somebody to uh, to chat with, and we'll see you guys in a little bit. All right, Chris. Before we get too much further, let's uh, talk about further performance a little bit. These guys are a local Twin Cities-based automotive specialists, and they truly love European cars as they are actual enthusiasts. And that matters when you're taking your car to them, whether it's for maintenance, a full restoration, or uh, maybe a big horsepower engine build or something along that lines. These guys can take care of. You. They know what they're doing. You can find them at fpTuned.com. That's fp. T-U-N-E-D dot com. And as I said, these guys really have a passion for automobiles and for, uh, you know, the enthusiasm for the industry. Give them a call. All right, we're back. And I'm here with Dave, the owner of a classic BMW. And I I admittedly am not a BMW aficionado. So this is a... 78.
2: 78. 320i.
0: 320i, okay. And what can you tell me about the car? It's, it's obviously in beautiful shape. I assume you've gone through and done a restoration. And
2: Yeah, it was a total pile when I got okay. it. Um, leaking oil all over. Uh, it was sun-checked on all all everywhere, and um, <laughs> it got stripped down completely. Okay. Um, I found a Euro car at a local junkyard at Hans, best junkyard around, and uh, cut the back end off it. Oh, was wow. able to find the Euro Got the Euro bumpers refinished and uh, welded on the back half of the car, basically. Oh, seriously? The, the trunk back. Wow. Because the rear valances are different with the uh, with the Euro bumpers, so you need to. Otherwise, there's this big, huge kind of step down in the back. Okay. That were for the big um, American federalized oh, bumpers. Sure. Yep. So yeah, tons of work into this thing. Uh, full mechanical, every bushing, every everything. Um, the motor is built uh, pretty much like uh, 2002. Uh, sports specs, so it's got nine and a half to one JE pistons. Okay, got, so high compression, yep, 292 cam, yep, dual Delortos.
0: You have, yeah, Delortos yep. carburetors on there, yep. And Chris was mentioning that you've had um, a, a challenge, I guess, <laughs> to get it tuned and running right. Is that accurate to say?
2: Yeah, so the Delortos run pretty dang good, and yeah. there's a flat spot though, just a quarter throttle or so, It's a, they go lean a little bit, and then I was chasing that for a while, and then. Last fall, um, Chris was like, just put new Webers on it, and it'll be perfect. It'll just run. <laughs> so I, I reluctantly bought a brand new set of Webers, put them on, and the car just would not run anymore at all. Oh, I could get it to idle just fine, yep. but anything else, it was just falling on its face. And I, I went around and around I, I, through ignition systems. through. Everybody told me there's no way you could have a bad pair of Webers yep. out of the box. All the guys I talked to, and um, I uh, I struggled with that all last fall, put it away, not running.
0: Yep, just frustrated.
2: Frustrated as hell. Got it out this spring, went through the carbs again three times, Yep, on-off, different intake manifolds, different, again, ignition wires and plugs and everything that I had already changed out. Sure. <clears throat> and um, said finally, last Saturday, I was like, well, I'm putting the Delortos back on. Threw the Delortos back on, and... Damn, runs great. So, I don't know what to think about those Weber's. I'm I'm gonna sell them. <laughs> but I'm gonna, but to, with a caveat of I don't know if these are any good. <laughs> so, um, so do you still have the flat spot
0: at like quarter throttle? With yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. A little bit.
2: It's better now. I must say, going through all the all the everything with the Webers. Yeah. The I've got everything much more dialed in even than I did before. Okay. Um, so it's running really quite. Quite good. I no. suppose,
0: because as you're trying to get those carbs to work, you go through everything as far as timing, ignition, oh, yeah. fuel pressure, yeah. and get it Absolutely. all dialed. You got it. Yeah, yep. I can appreciate uh, yep. carb tuning quite a bit. I have an old MG Midget uh, that's running a Weber, oh, yeah. the DCOE, and that, I actually have a blow-through turbo setup that I created for it as well. Oh, God. So, yeah, then you I have can to imagine. deal with you know, boost and different <laughs> pressure and pressurizing the flow pull and everything else. But yeah. at least that's one carb, and you're not right. sinking multiple. Yeah. True, true. So, um, the other thing I love about this car is both the interior and the the paint color, the exterior. Yeah. Is this the original paint color?
2: It is not. Um, it was Atlantis Blau, which is a little darker, um, like, metallic blue. Okay. Which, in retrospect, I really like now, but at the time... I was really thinking this car wanted to be like a candy color, kind of, you know? I yeah, went around that's and... a good way of describing it. So what is yeah. this color that's painted right now? So this is um, Riviera Blue, which is a okay. two, a 2002 um, BMW. So it's it's from, like, the early 70s. It was on um, various uh, BMWs back then. It's definitely
0: a 70s color. It's yeah. evocative of the, you know, yeah. very yeah.
2: Um, vibrant, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think of it as like a mid-century modern kind of color. It's it is, yeah. A, That's a, a good nice way of putting like it. kind of subdued blue. So, right. Yeah. And then everybody this, l- everybody comments on that blue color. They love it. Yeah. Yeah, it is a beautiful color. And yeah. I'm sure
0: we'll post uh, pictures of it as well. Um, and the interior is also amazing. The Ricaros here. Yeah, the, uh, are these Ricaro LSs? Yeah. Oh, LMs. LM. Yeah. Okay. LM. I, honestly, yep. I don't know... Many recaro seats, nor yeah, yeah. I'm sure our listeners will, but you have the um, would you call this plaid or tartan yeah. or some type yeah, of uh, a, yeah, insert.
2: It's, a, it's a tartan from uh, the Volkswagen Westfalias of the okay. early 70s, yep, and uh, yeah, so it's the blue and green, and I just thought it. It matched perfect with the with the body color. It does. It ties in really well. Yeah.
0: So beautiful car, Dave. This is awesome. I do have to ask you as well, though, being how we have a large contingent of Porsche fans as listeners. Chris mentioned that you have a nine fourteen in the works.
2: Yeah, yeah. So i I worked on this thing for two years plus constant, and then I got. With the Porsche thing blowing up so heavily, yeah. um, I always knew that I wanted a 914 again I've owned many many back in the day when I was younger i I probably had about five five different ones over the years um, and I always knew that that was one of my favorite cars. I wanted one again and I wanted to get one before they went crazy like the 911s have gone crazy right they certainly have kind of appreciated yep and they're starting yeah exactly they're starting to blow up now. Um, they've already like pretty much doubled in their pricing just in the past year. So I that. was on the hunt for one last summer and um, and I, I've got it's basically it's a nice solid shell um, it's get, I'm building a 2.2s um, motor for it okay six cylinder yep um, and uh, with the help of Aaron flat six yep. and um, it's gonna be a, a GT uh, clone yep we're so gonna the do the fender wire fender fenders, fenders yeah yep, and... the flares and uh, yeah and the eights and nines. Fuchs, you know, wow. so it's gonna be, it's gonna be plenty fat of rubber and, and... and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it should be really cool, and it's a cool color too. I'm gonna keep it original. It's uh, the Malaga red, and um, which is kind of like this blue, only the red version of this blue. It's okay, kind of so that very it's, vibrant. And yeah, yeah, it's kind of yep, yeah, but but kind of mellow at the same time. You right. know, so kind of a, that subdued red. It's like a kind of a maroony kind of red. Yeah, but. maybe
0: that's what stands out to me about, because, you know, you see vibrant colors on modern cars as well, but a lot yep. of them have, you know, they're they're metallic, whereas yep. this is a flat yep. color, exactly. which I really like.
2: I think that's what gives it the vintage thing for exactly. sure. Exactly, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, Awesome, well, we'll have to look for that 914. Yeah. That'll be awesome.
0: Well, I appreciate being on the show. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank uh, you. And uh, have fun driving. All right all right before we get too much further i want to make sure that we talk about south central imports with all these cool cars we're seeing out here today some people need to make sure that they are maintained and in top condition South Central Imports has been in business since 1976, so you know that they can be trusted and have the experience to get the job done. Their exclusive Volkswagen Audi shop right here in Twin Cities. And as I say every week, most of all, they have the integrity and honesty so that you can trust them to get the job done and get the job done well. Uh, you can find them on Facebook at SCI Performance or give them a call right now at 612-722-8897. All right, we're back here with Chad. Chad, now you are actually, uh, for our listeners who may not know, we're going to be also live this week from a show called The Beer Group.
3: Yep, that's right.
0: And tell us a little bit about The Beer Group.
3: Yeah, no problem. So uh, Lewis and I were hanging out one night at uh, this great venue called Bauhaus Brew Labs uh, over in northeast Minneapolis, and uh, we had our cars there, and, We were sitting around talking about all the different events and things that go on. Lewis had just come back from uh, Luft out on the uh, west coast. And, you know, I'm really familiar with uh, some of the stuff like DRT uh, out on the uh, east coast in Miami. And and we thought, you know, these are Porsche shows and Porsche gatherings. And you get a really kind of eclectic uh, mix of guys and gals and cars. And so we thought, why not throw this uh, type of deal here in the Midwest, right? There's just a great... uh, crew of guys running around. Um, we both love the craft beer scene here and this venue, if you haven't been down there, is, it's just a, it's an amazing venue. It's an old um, steel uh, building. They used to make manufacture all the steel um, refinery stuff down there uh, for skyscrapers and stuff. Okay. So there's a huge steel crane. I've and been down there an, once yeah, and I can an, say
0: I do enjoy their beer as well. Yeah, so, so.
3: great nighttime, <laughs> great nighttime event. And then just all the synergies kind of came together between like Bauhaus and Porsche, you know, Bauhaus design and the whole German theme. And they had no events going on on June 8th, which is actually the 70th anniversary of Porsche. I was going to say, it worked out for the anniversary. Yeah, so we thought, well, hey, let's do this beer group A and let's do, uh, so beer gathering, you know, sort of. Get it, make it all Porsches this first time, and get everybody out um, celebrating the brand that we love to race and watch race, and that we love to drive, or whatever Absolutely. whatever your you know um, connection to it might be. And not only share it with each other and the stories, but share it with uh, all the car guys around here. So yeah.
0: yeah, and speaking of sharing, I mean, is this an event that's open to the public?
3: Yeah, completely uh, free, open to the public. Um, they're going to be open that night as well. We're doing it from uh, five fifty to nine fifty nine.
0: PM. <laughs> I was gonna say 5:50. Oh, I yeah, get the reference so, uh, there. That's clever. You know,
3: the the whole Porsche reference. Yeah, some great models.
0: Spider from back in the day. Yeah, and yep. Of to, the, the to the 959 there, nine. supercar. Yep.
3: And we'll have some food trucks down there and uh, some beer. The the first seventy uh, people that arrive with their Porsches, uh, you know, get a get a beer uh, for free on, on us. Awesome. And uh, oh, there'll did be some giveaways. Free Free beer. Chris is chiming in from across the table.
0: Free beer, indeed. <laughs> awesome. So we'll have to, uh, if you're listening, because this will be coming out on Monday. Um, yeah. Friday, Friday, June, June 8th. 8th.
3: Yep. Bauhaus Brew Labs, Northeast Minneapolis. There's, uh, we've got an Instagram and a uh, Facebook page. It's just beer. Group A, Minnesota, so B-I-E-R-G-R-U-P-P-E-M-N. And I believe
0: if we haven't already shared it on our social media, we will. I think we have, though, since we are going to Yeah, be like totally. So semester.
3: we're so psyched. You guys are going to be down there uh, be you great. know, interviewing some people and, and broadcasting down there, which we're totally psyched about. Yeah, and, it's, it's uh, no secret
0: that we're big fans of Porsche. So. Yeah,
3: we've got some great great guys that will be there. I think you know other uh, partners of, of your guys and everything as well. So uh, Maury's Heritage will yep. be there with their car cars, um Jen from Cosmatology will be down there. We've yep. got Weather Tech um sponsoring, you know, they're big Porsche fans and, and awesome. Porsche racing guys. Um Auto Illustrated yep will Our be there. Glenn has been on the show yep. before. Glenn, yeah, so you know and, and Lewis and I are running this together. So you you've had uh yeah a lot of friends and family uh kinda down there as well. So open to kids and it'll it'll be
0: great. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to check that out. Thank you for being on the show, and we'll talk to you Friday. Let's hear a little bit about what he drives. Oh, I would love to hear more about what you drive. Speaking of Porsche, I assume you have a Porsche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I
3: have been into Porsches, uh, you know, for a long time, kind of born and raised and bred, you know, within them. And uh, so at some point, I just finally had to find something, and, uh, you know, I've got a, a total driver. It's an '83. Uh, 911 SC. Sure. Um, It was a track car for the three previous owners, just DE stuff. I just uh, pretty much drive it on a daily basis and uh, 200 and some thousand miles on it. Oh, wow. Um, But it's, you know, it's mine and a lot of fun and uh,
0: yeah. So is that the three liter or what's the. So it's a
3: three liter, yeah. It's uh, the 83 SC um, three liter. It's. Near the end of the run, it was one of the, the later ones, so it's got a Carrera, the 84 actual case, but okay. all the 80, 83 stuff, so 3 liter with the 915 transmission. It's been rebuilt back when it had 160 miles. I was going to say, having
0: 200,000, I'm, I'm... Of hard miles, Assuming yeah. it's been uh, yeah. gone through before. So it was
3: slightly, slightly touched here and there, sure. so it's it's a little bit more responsive, um, you know, cams and some things, so I rod it a little bit, and... Uh, no no air, no heat. Um,
0: well, those are superfluous. Who needs yeah, those? Yeah, so, you know,
3: <laughs> these Minnesotas, so it's a nice day today to get the cold air in I it. I bet but, it is. Yeah. yeah, this is
0: air-cooled weather right now.
3: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But, no, it's uh it's awesome. We use it for, uh, you know, track and do some hill climb stuff and uh, road cool. trips and the whole deal. And it used to be great. I've got three kids. We used to throw them in the back seat. Oh, yeah? Now they don't fit in the back seat, so the back <laughs> seat's going to come out. Um, but, yeah, you know, we, we'll have it around. You'll see it. It's, awesome. It's well, white. It's a lot like uh, Chad from SCI. The other Chad yeah. behind me with exactly. another matching
0: SC. Exactly. That's funny. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll be able to see it Friday. Yeah. Thanks, man. Awesome. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Chad. All right. All right, so before we get too much further, I want to make sure I give a shout-out to one of our great sponsors, Luther Westside Volkswagen. As we know, they are the number one Volkswagen dealer in the country right here in Minneapolis. Uh, They also have the largest selection of Volkswagens or used European cars in the Twin Cities. Um, You guys need to go check them out. You know, Chris has his favorite... sales associate over there, and make sure you can find yours. Um, you can find them at westsidevolkswagen.com. Uh, otherwise, you can find them on Facebook or anywhere else. Be sure to give those guys a shout out if you are in the market. All right, we're back. And we're going to do some news here, Chris. And uh, we'll try to talk over the sound of the Tesla in the not Can you
1: hear it in the headphones? A little can, can hear it? Yeah. yeah, so just, uh, this is uh, number four.
2: We've I'm, I'm going to see now. if
1: I can talk to the organizers about getting away from this, purely based on principle. <laughs> you know what was even better is not only did they have one doing the door thing, they had two, but they had two of them doing them in tandem a yeah. little while ago. So that was that was great. Enemy. So what do we got for a couple news articles
0: this week? All right. Well, here's a big story. The electric vehicles are well, going to cost. Check this bike out. This
1: old two-stroke
0: bike. Yep. That's a Yamaha RD A 250. trial 250. Yep. That's cool. He's got the big sprocket in the rear for hill climb, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so EVs, electric vehicles, are going to cost the U.S. government ninety-two billion. Yes, billion. Was I a wrote out all the zeros in on the note. Tax notes revenue. Just I know. I had so to you count, could see how many zeros there were. I had to count the the like series of three. I was like one, two is a million, three oh Oh, that's billion. Ninety-two billion in tax revenue. So this report- is just lost taxes from people not buying gas. I imagine. Well, a report from the International Energy Agency, which I didn't know was an agency of the U.S. There's an agency suggests, for everything, Jake. Uh, that's probably true. That, that should be a t-shirt. There's an agency. There's an agency for everything. There's an yeah. app for that. There's an agency for that. Something to that fact. So they suggest the ramp-up of battery-powered automobiles could result in $92 billion tax shortfall by 2030, ever, uh, assuming everything goes according to plan. But even if global governments only manage to get halfway to their intended electrification goals, they're still missing out on an estimated $47 billion in fuel duties. So again, it's all about your fuel and gas taxes.
1: So you have to decide if you're okay with that. Because, I mean, the, the tax revenue is going to have to come from somewhere. The, the government's not just going to take a $92 billion lunch. No, you know, what I mean, they're not gonna.
0: It's gonna be road taxes now, I guess. I because think it'll be
1: road taxes, usage taxes, tolls, registration fees. The cost for your tabs are gonna go up. Everything's gonna go up. Anything that has to, anything to do with, um, with this stuff is gonna go.
0: Well, up. It, it makes me think. It's interesting that fuel is a very convenient way to tax for road usage. Because gas is only used for automobiles for the most part. Whereas electric, you can't just start taxing electric because that's what you use it's to power for your so house other, and everything so else. Many other things. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't thought of that necessarily. So, so
1: it's, I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit, but you know, oh, um, so gas taxes don't really always go for just roads either. Right. Okay. So, so I do kind of like the idea of a usage tax or a road tax. Right. Or because a toll. then it's more specific. Because to... then it is, it's you're using the road and then you're paying a tax for being it's, there.
0: It's almost like uh, toll roads, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I mean. It's like a toll road, like a, or you know, just a little i pass, and everywhere you go, it just yep. deducts some money from your account. I'm far more okay with that than I am like a general gas tax, where the coffers generally get robbed to pay for like a bunch of other political crap that right. nobody actually.
0: Yeah, it it has to do with being able to really attribute where your, your money's going and being right. used. Right, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah, and just as a, a closing on that, 4.8 and 2.6 billion barrels of gasoline is what we're going to lose that revenue on. That's, I mean, th- that's less wasteful, I guess. That's... It is, but again, it'll be interesting. So next up, you have a story that you picked out yeah. that I like. Well, this and has been all over the internet. It has. So I mean, this is nothing new. Uh, basically, President Donald Trump is reportedly mulling over an end to the importization of German luxury vehicles in the U.S., so his primary target, for whatever reason, is Mercedes-Benz, according to the German business magazine, <laughs> I Verschaff can't. Volke.
1: Hey, that's not bad. I was wondering how you were going to pronounce that. I took I was German just gonna, in high school, I was, I was just going to say <laughs> Wiener Schnitzel.
0: <laughs> The Economic Week, as it's known in English. So that publication cites that U.S. and European diplomats who maintain that Trump told French President Emmanuel Marcon during an April meeting in Washington, D.C. that he would maintain his trade policy until no Mercedes models rolled off of Fifth Avenue.
1: Okay, so this is an entire article based on hearsay, first well, of all. Right. Which I... It's completely useless, in my opinion, to base an entire article on hearsay.
0: Well, to use his hey, own... hey, I heard a
1: guy that said the diplomat said that he said this to someone else, and I'm no like I'm not carrying Trump's water or anything, but hey, let's let's well, I'll so go one further the roll a little and bit. use
0: his own uh, verbiage and say this was just locker room talk, Chris.
1: Yeah, it's just locker room talk. So I don't. I think uh, people are like, oh, he's going to ban the sales off. I think what's actually happening is you're seeing like steel and aluminum tariffs being applied to these countries, okay. and I think that's kind of where this is going is like kind of tariff trade war, which is absolutely stupid. Um, it is, it's Trump for some reason thinks that the economy is like a zero sum game. Oh, where you only have winners and losers. We're winning in the economy or we're losing the economy. And it's far more complex than I think he's giving it credit for. Um, and we'll see where it or goes. Or even
0: but. as you're giving it credit for. Yeah, yeah. That's why there are economists who just <laughs> do this. <laughs> well,
1: there's like a million different cogs in the wheel here. And it's it's Absolutely. really tough. And, and it, it, what also is crazy is that Mercedes and BMW, don't they, have, don't they build cars here? I'm I know sure BMW does. Here. Yeah. I, know, I know BMW builds cars here. So I'm not sure how the, uh, the constituents of those, right. those uh, communities feel about losing hundreds of jobs or thousands of jobs.
0: I'm sure he was just making an oversimplification of saying, you know, well why should there be Mercedes luxury vehicles here when we have American luxury vehicles? Right, right. Back. But yeah, it's obviously a gross oversimplification of the issue. Yeah, it says right here,
1: the Trump administration, according to this German publication, threatens to place tariffs of up to 25% on imported passenger vehicles, which are almost certainly lead to higher transaction prices of affected models. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's... i know The thing is is that cars are so specific to what people like and want and how it defines their identity that I feel like it's... I don't know that I would see somebody being like, oh, well, that costs way more. I'm going to go buy a Chevy. I right. mean, that's I don't see well, that. Yeah,
0: it's, it's the market of cross-shopping, right? So if you're interested in a Mercedes or BMW, maybe you'll look at a Cadillac. Maybe. What other
1: luxury. I mean, we've got Cadillac, Lincoln. Tesla uh, now in the marketplace, I hate yeah, to say. Hun, uh, Genesis. To right. Yeah, Genesis is a luxury company in a way. Um, anyway, so Trump says uh, that the Germans are bad, very bad. So That, that was good. Yeah, so that we'll see where we'll see where that goes. So, um, it's I don't know. I just I'm tired of hearing about this tariff stuff, and I think he, you know, Trump's done some good things. Economy is doing really well, but this stuff is just he needs to stop. We'll leave it at that. Yeah.
0: Uh, One more story I'm going to close on just because I think it's funny is the Toyota Supra that we know is a vehicle that's uh, are they on the roads yet or are they just no I don't think they are. But at any rate, this is going to be the, basically, body that Toyota is going to use in NASCAR. Yeah, so it's going to be a giant
1: Tamiya body on a uh, pushrod V8 chassis, right? So it's just, Tamiya. it's not actually a suit. Tamiya, the little remote control cars. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like a plastic <laughs> Supra.
0: Well, yeah, the whole point of NASCAR is it's, like, strictly all the same, right? Yes. Well, I mean, there's the engines have, like,
1: little variations, but the, the formula is just... The formula
0: is just uh... sorry. My my headphones went out, and I thought we stopped recording. Yeah, we're still I, recording. I think we're good.
1: Um, I completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, way no, to, way just, to go it's take.
0: just stupid because you know uh, whatever body, plastic body you put on to those chassis, it's the same car underneath. And having a Supra, which is you know like a, a very um, technologically advanced you know Japanese car, going to have an old school American pushrod V eight. Right. So it's just funny.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. So
0: I think we'll we'll close out our news for the week right there. We'll, um,
1: we'll see you on. Uh, hope you come out Friday to the beer group show, exactly. and we'll be recording there live and uh, take really a look looking for forward us. To that. All right, guys, thanks a lot, and we'll see you next week. Take
0: care.